Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcasts with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. John Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to Late Night Reds Talk Live. Uh, Tim got the night off tonight, and I think he picked a really, really good one to uh, go to the New Kids on the Block concert or whatever he's doing tonight. Uh, That was a tough one, fellas. Um, Let's just go ahead around the room and introduce the crew uh, we have got Mr. Carlos Guevara, our resident superstar. Carlos, how you feeling tonight? I'm actually not even in a bad mood after that loss. It's, it's kind of funny, but uh, other than that, doing pretty well. Clay, how about you? Clay Snowden, uh, um, our guy now um, on just JustBaseball.com, right? Yeah, so I just started writing for JustBaseball.com, which you all can check out. They cover the entire MLB. Um, it's a neat website. They also do trading cards, history, um, pretty much anything that's baseball. But this is my second time on the show, and both times have ended with a walk-off home run loss for the Reds. So really great mojo going on here. Yeah, I think we're going to have a three-strike rule. Clay. So if if we have you on one more time and we yeah, have – I come rule, on in the offseason next? <laughs> we might have to. I don't know. Man, wow. Jeez. All that – you know what? You know what? Let's, let's, let's get positive here because uh, God knows there's probably not a lot of it out there. I believe right after that game, though, didn't the Reds, like, win, like, seven of nine? I have no idea. I hope so. Yeah, then I went on vacation and the Reds won, and they said Nick, you can't come back, right? Well, there's other we had a strong why push for that. That's for want sure. Want you back, Nick? But yeah, no, no one wanted me back. All right, and then making his late night Reds talk debut, we got Mr. Bryce Spalding. Did I say your last name right, Bryce? Yeah, that's right. Bryce is a former collegiate baseball superstar. Bryce, welcome <laughs> to Late Night Reds Talk Live. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. How you feeling tonight, Bryce? A little deflated, but uh, hey, we've got another one Friday. Yeah. yeah. At least got tomorrow. We all need the uh, the day off, that's for sure. Um, let's just, let's rip off the Band-Aid. 
uh what the hell what what the hell why the hell was brad brock in the game i'm i'm optimistic i i i don't get that carlos do you have any i mean we any insight for me we talked about it and we we're asking the questions as we we're watching uh it unfold i mean lorenzen it makes sense for him to possibly be down and not available sims doesn't make sense unless you know he let them know something's hurting i need an, i need a day because I mean, he hadn't pitched in, what did you say, Clay, two days? Yeah, Sims pitched, I believe. Um, I can pull it up. But, yeah, he – I mean, he, he was rested according, you yeah, know, there's, as far as we so, know. David Bell better say something to that fact that, you know, Sims wasn't available either or else this was real bad, which I'd be surprised, yeah. you know, that it was that. Yeah, so, so Lucas Sims pitched on the 6th, the 4th, and the 1st of September. Um, so to me, I mean, like Nick said before the show, there could be something that we don't know about, but Brad Brock in, in that situation, I think we all kind of knew how that game was going to end. And it's just at this point disheartening to think that the Reds cannot have somebody better than Brad Brock coming in, especially against a team like the Cubs, who we know um, – does not exactly have an MLB roster right now. Now, a lot of times those are scary teams. I know that sounds crazy, but these are guys that are so MLB players fighting for their, their, you know, right to be in the league. I mean, a, a bunch of 28 to 31 year old waiver wire pickups, they're, they're going to give it their all, even in a broken season. And I mean, at the end of the day, the Cubs got the best of the Reds two out of three games. Bryce, you got any, any thoughts on what we just saw? You know, uh, I would wish that was Dari Moretta. Um, in that situation, he probably – or I, I really wouldn't even pitch the wisdom, if we're being honest. He he extends the guy to third, and Brock's a decent ground ball guy. He could possibly get Hayward to roll over one on a, on a change-up away. I know he had a home run, but it's easier said than done. But I don't know. Tough situation for a guy that's just not very good. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't hate Brad Brock as much on the roster as I think everyone else does. It's just, it's puzzling. The Reds only used, what, three relievers? Like, it's not like that was the fifth or sixth reliever they brought into a game, which is what I assumed when, when Brad Brock came up. I mean, he would be, like, the guy at the very end of the uh, of the bench. I would imagine probably if, 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 if David could go back, maybe he tries to have Sessa go two innings tonight. Um but yeah, I, I don't understand pitching to wisdom. That was, that was weird. You could have just walked wisdom and brought in, you know, Wilson who ha has looked good at times. And at least, you know, you have a really good matchup lefty lefty with Hayward as the first batter. Um, and at least maybe you can set up that inning a little bit better. Um, but you know, it, it, that's what we saw at the end of the game. You know, it ultimately comes down to, you know, the Reds did only score one run in 10 innings against the Cubs. Um, that situation doesn't happen if, if the Reds are able to, um, you know, scratch across a run. The Reds, you know, the Reds had a runner on second in the, the top of the 10th and, um, you know, weren't able to, to get it done. So, um, you know, the offense has certainly got to find some way to get going. You know, I trust that they will. They, they've, had, they've at times, you know, looked, looked really – um, you know, bad and struggling at times. And then, you know, two games later, they, they break out of it and kind of go on a, on a good, good streak. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they need some sort of spark for sure. Cause you can tell there's, there's a big difference in this team that's out there playing every day than what there was, you know, three weeks ago. Like 
it's it's a different vibe like you know even you know obviously keep a, a closer eye on joey and you know even whenever he's coming up to bat he's not you know walking up there with the same groove that he had you know three weeks ago it's it's different it's a different vibe and i don't know there's almost there we need some some sort of action to, to go on you know maybe rile the boys up a little bit or something yeah and you know that spark might have to just be you know jesse winker when he comes back i mean they're just really really missing that hole in the lineup and I don't think Winker is the player that he was playing in the beginning of the year. I mean, that was still way above what I think anyone actually thought he would be. But at the end of the day, you're having some pretty just okay players filling in. And nothing against Max Schrock. He, he's been playing really, really well. But you want Jesse Winker in that lineup. And right now the offense is it's, – it's struggling. And it's a long season. A lot of these younger players – your Indias and Stevensons, they haven't played this long of a season. And India, as we know, has been beaten up some. And, I mean, he's still he's still producing. Um, he, he hasn't been as hot recently. Um, but, the, yeah, the, this offense is just really struggling right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a lot of a lot of comments on YouTube. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, sorry that it, it took you this one to, to jump on. Um, we, we see some questions. We will certainly try to get to those as we get throughout the show. Um, we did have a lot of topics that we wanted to run through. Um, you know, we were hoping not to have to kind of jump in and, and, and talk about the, the game that just happened as much, but uh, you know, kind of had to uh, talk about that. Um, um, we'll go around. So let's talk real quick. We'll kind of go around, around the table. Um, we'll talk kind of the overall state of the Reds and um, the upcoming schedule. So it looks like the the Reds are going to fall to a game back in the wild card race. The Padres are, are whipping up on the Angels. Um, the Angels did really help the Reds out last night, um, and th- thank God they did, or the Reds would be two games back. Um, so, so the Reds are going to be a game back. They're going to um, have a, a big three game series um, at St. Louis. Um, then they're going to uh, uh, play in Pittsburgh. Reds have nine games against the Pirates. They'll start that next week. Um, nine of their final eighteen games. Um, they do have a series with the Dodgers and White Sox mixed in. So let's go around the room. We'll start with Carlos. I mean, you know, how do you kind of feel about where things are? You know, maybe try to take the the brutal loss tonight out of it. How do you how do you feel about about where things are with with 21 games to play? And we're assuming uh, going to be a one game deficit. I feel we're pretty much exactly where we thought we were going to be at the beginning of the year, right? Like. We're going to be in the dogfight, whether it's for the division or to sneak in, like, because nobody expected two teams from the central to get in. Um, so I think we're right where we thought we were going to be. Um, we are who we thought we, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I, I like, I mean, people don't really like to hear it anymore, but the schedule is in, in our favor. Um, so I mean, what's not to, to be excited or optimistic about it? If you choose to be, you know, pissed off about tonight and where, where the Reds are standing, then I don't know, man. The Reds haven't been this, this you know, competitive in a long time. So I'd just say just enjoy the ride. I would say be pissed off tonight. That's fine. Be pissed off tomorrow. But come on. Come Friday, let's get back in. 21 games to play. It's going to be one. I don't know. The Padres play tomorrow. Maybe one and a half. You know, uh, they don't play tomorrow. Thanks, Bryce, for for being on it. Um, 
Um, yeah, I think they play they they play like the same schedule every day until the last like ten days, and then the Padres have ten games, the Reds have eight. Um, but yeah, you know, let's you know, it, it was never going to be this easy. The Reds were never just going to run away with the wild card. You know, yeah. as much like as we would say like about tonight, like I'm not pissed because in obviously those two top relievers weren't available tonight. So I mean, what are you going to do? Who else are you going to run out there? There's no way. There's no way David Bell pitched pitched Brock over Sims with the way Sims yeah. been pitching. If it's, I mean, there's no way. Got, Sims. You got Garrett. You got Wilson. You had Brock, and you had Amir. Like it's kind of flip a coin, really. I mean, if you're, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're, being, you're being honest. It's, it's. I mean, he's David Bell seemed pretty handcuffed tonight when it came to the bullpen. So. That's why I'm not upset about it. It's just one game. Yeah. And then before we kind of go back around, yeah, I mean, look, you, you can make fun of the schedule all you want, but the Reds are playing nine games against the Pirates. It sure beats playing nine games against the Giants. So, yeah, maybe the Reds will, you know, go go five and four in those nine games, and it really won't matter, and they'll, they won't get the second wild card spot. But they're going to have a chance. If the Reds have the Padres schedule the rest of the way, I'd be feeling pretty miserable right now. But they don't. They, they have their schedule. We'll see what happens, and, and we'll go from there. Clay, Clay, where are you at? Yeah, so I'm looking at the schedule right now, and all I can think about is how crucial this series is this weekend. Not only because the Cardinals are not, you know, they're still possi- a, a possibility that they could sneak into the wild card. I don't think it will happen, but if you take care of business with the Cardinals, and then you have three with the Pirates, that's some serious momentum rolling into the weekend series with the Dodgers at home. And that could be a wild card preview. You need all the momentum you can get. Kershaw, um, he had a rehab start, I believe, last night. So he'll be working his way back. We know how they are against lefties, Urias even. Like, I don't want to face the Dodgers at their best right now without that momentum. So you take care of business, roll into next weekend, with the Dodgers, and I mean, that that's going to be must-watch baseball. Now, I, I mentioned it could be a wild-card preview. Um, you know, the Giants and Dodgers have been bat- battling it out, and it's possible that the Giants could still get that wild-card spot, which the Reds played the Giants earlier this year, and I think that they lost all four games um, against the Giants. But <laughs> after that Dodgers series, you, even if it doesn't work out in your favor, Okay, you have Pittsburgh for three, Washington for four, right afterwards. Forgot Again, Washington mo- momentum can be built up there pretty quickly. And then two with the White Sox, who are, are currently missing their leadoff hitter, Tim Anderson, in shortstop. And then you roll in the last three with the Pirates. So it's still possible. I know everyone's upset about how the schedule went. It was really easy, and the Reds did not take advantage. We've all been upset, but that's in the past. You, you just really – I mean, all focus right now is on those three games with the Cardinals. Those were huge. Yeah. Bryce, where are you at? Yeah, um, I definitely agree with Clay. These, this weekend is, is huge, especially seeing the same three arms that you just saw um, at the series at home. I think that's a big deal, um, especially seeing the two lefties again. I think they're going to get the lesser uh, – and obviously half sucks. So I think the Reds could and should take two out of three. And then like he was kind of saying, I mean, the Pirates and the Nationals are much worse than the Cubs, the Marlins, and the Tigers. Much worse. Like I think the I sent that to you last night, Nick. Like 
the Reds have more wins since the trade deadline than the, the Pirates and the Nationals have combined. Like, it, they're really, really bad, like 20 and 50, I think, in that span. So just it, you keep saying it, you keep saying it. you got to stay with them. They're, they're, this team's not going to give in. They're going to eventually get hot again. And whether it's 10 games in and you've got 12 against the Pirates and the, and the Nationals or, or whatever. So I definitely not giving in. It sucks right now, but I think they're going to be fine. Mally Lester. Castillo, Michaelis, Gray Hap. I mean, you, you can't you can ask for a better matchups than that this weekend. You know, you just you, the Reds got got to find a way to go out and uh, uh, take care of business. Um, moving along, um, let's uh, let's uh, go through. We kind of do this real quick. Rank the challengers in the wild card race. So um, obviously, we have the the Padres, the Phillies, the Cardinals, and. The Mets lost again tonight, but that those will be the four. Rank rank those four. I'll, I'll start it out. Um, I, I'd go Padres first, even even with their their schedule. I still think they're you know obviously they're they're ahead. They're going to be probably three games ahead of the Phillies if I'm if I'm doing my math right. So that that's still a massive you know advantage with 21 games. So I would go um, I would go Padres then Phillies just because of how how weak their schedule is. Um, then I'd go Mets, then Cardinals. I, I do not have any faith in the Cardinals. I don't know. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm naive. I just, I don't see any, it, it, the Cardinals aren't getting the second wild card spot. Someone else might, might not be the Reds, but I, I just don't see that. So Carlos rank those four teams, who, the toughest challenge for the Reds. I, I, I go with the Padres for sure. Just cause you know, they've got the best lineup, the best pitching staff, which their starters are throwing a whole lot better now. You know, even you do pretty well tonight. Um, you know, the top guns are going well and, and they're going to win games, you know, like I think those Dodgers and what they have left with, with the Giants, they'll probably end up splitting all of them. You know, I just think they're, I think they'll figure it out. And then, and then the Phillies, cause Bryce is Harper's apparently hitting a home run every day now for the rest of the season. So, um, and then the Mets and Cardinals. Yeah. I'm not paying attention to them. Yeah. If the Reds finish behind either one of those teams, they're going to finish buying someone else is kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Clay. Yeah. I, I, I'm just going to echo what you all have been saying. Um, the, the Padres just have a, a really good roster. They don't have the depth, but they have, you know, they have a lot of big name pitchers who haven't exactly performed. Blake Snell has been pitching really well re- recently, which he was terrible this whole year. Um, if he can keep that up, Darvish was pitching well last I checked tonight, but he's been terrible. I mean, the, these are guys that have moments left in them to still be good. So I think the Padres are definitely number one. Um, the Phillies, they definitely have some players who I, I just think their roster is better. I don't think that they have the pitching depth that it's going to take. Um, Kyle Gibson was brought over at the deadline to be a number two for them which is a joke that just tells you about the, the pitching depth at the deadline this year was pretty bleak. Um, so, yeah, I, I also don't think the Cardinals, I mean, they're still in it technically, but I, I think that they're going to, you know, fizzle out pretty quick, quickly. And the Cardinals do have the fifth toughest schedule remaining in baseball. Um, they do have seven games against the Cubs, but I, I don't know if the Cubs are really, you know, I don't know, maybe there's the Reds kryptonite, but man, they have a, you know, they still seven with the Brewers, three with the Padres, three with the Reds, and three with the Mets. So. Nick, is it true that you're a huge Ian Happ fan? 
I am not an Ian Happ fan. Oh, oh okay. No, definitely not. Um, uh, Bryce, you got any any different views on ranking kind of those four competitors? I will go a little bit different. I, I, I really feel like the Phillies are about are going to make a, a pretty good push here. And they have 11 at home against Colorado, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. And, I mean, if they can win nine of those, they're really pushing Atlanta in Cincinnati and San Diego as well. So, um, with Nola, Wheeler, and, and even Gibson, I, mean, I know he's not great, but um, he's a serviceable three there. But I just I feel like they're about to rattle off a couple, um, especially playing at home. They do play really well at home and, and seeing some pretty poor pitching there. I think that that offense with their their name could get going a little bit. So I'll go I'll go Philly, which I think Philly could catch Atlanta. Atlanta's got a decently tough schedule. So um, I'll go Philly, uh, San Diego. New York and in St. Louis. Yeah, it uh, the the Braves are two outs away from losing to the the Nationals, the team we just, we just talked about that that's so easy for the Reds. I mean, this time of the year, I mean, really, you know, on any given night, you know, anyone can beat anyone. I I look at more, you know, the full twenty one games the Reds have left, and I say, you know, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna probably drop a couple of those games that we're gonna be like, how how did you, could you possibly lose that? but they'll probably, you know, win a couple games against the Dodgers and White Sox that we're not counting on. Um, so, yeah, but if that score holds, the Reds will actually only be a half game behind the Braves, which I think is important if Philly just goes on this crazy run like you talked about, Bryce. Well, there's still a fallback. The Reds, if they just finish ahead of the Braves, you know, then, then the Phillies don't really matter. So, um, that's so those, kind of- those 21 games left, does 14 and 7 get you in, you think? I would yeah. think so. You know, just – we talked about San Diego. I mean, San Diego, they're going to have 23 left. Right. So, you know, I mean, I feel like, like San Diego could go, um, 13, 13 and 10. Yeah. And that's playing really well. Like that would be, and I think that would actually be ahead of the Reds, but you know what I mean? Like they could, they could go 12 and 11 and, and that's playing great baseball against the competition that they're playing. So that, that's, that's, you know what why you know i think the schedule does you know you know does matter some down the stretch just because um you know the reds could play mediocre and still help play the padres who who play great you know so i don't know we'll see it's going to change every night we'll be back here next week and we'll probably have a totally different formula about the the remaining 14 it's going to be an emotional roller coaster we, we've been saying that every single week all year um uh, we've been saying ups and downs ups and downs and uh, uh today was a down so um all right, let's move right along. I got a lot of topics I want to get to. Um, um, I don't want to keep you guys all night. I don't care. You'll be fine. Um, thoughts on the Delino to Shields pickup? This is one of the things. And uh, uh, Shogo's future, because we've barely seen Shogo for about two weeks. Or, since, since the Shields has been picked up, Shogo's pretty much been a, a pinch runner, and I think he came in in one of the blowouts. Um you guys are you guys upset that that delino's on the roster uh let, let's switch it around we'll start we'll go bryce you can you can start this one off what's your thoughts on delino to shields i mean it's better than naquin and shogo versus lefties right i mean yeah. delino's not he's who everybody thinks he is he's not a great hitter he's a good defender and and runs the base as well so i mean i don't hate it it's not something that I want to see permanently. I'd like to, to, I mean, obviously get Nick Senzel healthy or, 
or whoever it may be. But um, Shogo's future, I, <laughs> I was talking about this with Brandon last night, actually. I, I just don't see how Shogo has a place on this team moving forward. I mean, if if it's eating the $8 million or finding a, a suitor to take him on for see get him 500 at-bats or something, whatever it may be. But I, I, I don't have a problem with the Shields being on the roster. I don't think Shogo has any type of future in Cincinnati. Oh, wow. <laughs> As the proud owner of a Shogo jersey, the only owner of a Shogo jersey, I actually completely agree. I bought this before he ever played a game with the Reds. So now it's just a way for everyone to identify me, the only guy with the Shogo jersey. But um, Delino DeShields, to me, like, I don't know if I've ever actually had a thought about Delino DeShields. Um, I actually had no idea that he was traded to the Red Sox at one point at the deadline. Um, I, I, I mean, he's fine to have on the roster a, l- a little bit of speed, um, better against the lefties, as you said, Bryce, and plus defense. But, um, yeah, Shogo is – I mean, I, I'm going to write an article after this season about the big free agent class that the Reds brought in, I guess, now two years ago. And a lot of those deals are just not looking great. I mean, Wade, Wade Miley's – you know, he's looked good this year, really, really good. Uh, Moustakis has been a disaster, really can't, can't hardly get on the field. And um, Castellanos may just opt out, which I don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. But uh, got a question yeah. on that, so you're going to have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll, I'll hold back and, and wait for that. I would, I would counter on that, though, though, Clay. Is two out of four hitting on two of four actually not that bad? You know, when you're talking about free agents, especially with the kind of value that the Reds have got out of the two, um, especially Wade Miley, you know. I, I, I'm just talking money-wise. Like, would they be able to keep Iglesias and have a legit closer? I mean, it's stuff like that. It's more of a, a deeper dive into the money than the percentage of hitting. And, man, like, I, I'll, talk about Ken, I'll talk about Nick later. We will hold that back. I don't know. I guess, Carlos, I, we get the shields. I'm, I'm curious your guys' thoughts. I mean, do you think like, like hitting on two of four is actually okay or not? I don't know. I, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, I think that's, I, I don't know. I maybe had to do more of a deeper dive. I almost feel like that's, that's not a terrible, you know, uh, percentage of, of hitting on guys. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm off. Carlos, what do you I think? think? So it was oh, sorry. It's, uh, Miley Castellanos. Who are the other two? Shogo and, and uh, Moose. Yeah, the Moose one. The Moose one kind of stings. Which I mean, I haven't given up on the rest of the year. Like, I mean, I want him in there against right-handed pitchers, but I mean, the, the value they got from Miley was is pretty exceptional. I mean, it's way over than $8 million or whatever he's getting paid. Yeah. So, I mean, and then the Shogo was kind of always an experiment. Like, they didn't know what they were getting. They thought that he was going to translate as good as some other hitters have come over, but just hadn't panned out. So, again, I mean, what what was he getting a year? Like 15, 12? Seven. Yeah. Or around seven or eight. And, and you know, and Carlos is right. A lot of players who come over, it's a – 
It's not a, a super high hit rate. It's about 50-50 probably. So it, it was a calculated risk. And, you know, it just didn't work out. Not every signing is going to work out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I Nick, yes, you're right. 50% is pretty good. My focus will be more on how they could have used that money. Um, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, which will, you know, play in my favor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I just kind of feel like, you know, with, with Miley and Moustakis, they're both kind of coin flips. And, well, you got one of them that, that flipped right. Um, the Shogo signing was kind of more of a lottery. Um, and, and I think at the time it was fine. I, I think when you then had to cut Iglesias is where it stings. Um you know, and I don't think the Reds would have made that move if they, if, if, you know, I don't think Dick, Dick Williams, I don't think he would have made that move knowing he would have to cut Iglesias the next year to save payroll. Um, um, so it just, they, they didn't, you know, coincide well together. But what really hurts with Shogo is that he teased us with that home run in his first spring training. That's <laughs> of a of a guy that never pitched in the major sense. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it stinks for Shogo. I wonder almost if there'll be some sort of buyout this off season. And that's maybe why the Reds have kept him on the roster is because if you DFA him, you aren't going to get any sort of buyout, but the Reds are almost kind of holding that leverage. Hey, you want to, you know, go back to, to, to Japan or wherever um, we're going to buy you out of that, your contract. Um, you can't buy someone out of the contract. If you DFA them, you're paying them the whole, the whole, sh- the whole thing. So, um, you know, I, I almost wonder. One quick comment on that. Um, I, I've had some people on Twitter ask about this. MLB contracts are guaranteed contracts. They're not the same as NFL. So they're in the NFL. You see players like Shogo would be, have a contract restructured or something along those lines. It's totally different in the MLB. So when you sign that contract, it's more of a guarantee than in football where it's really doesn't mean anything. I can't, can't, I could be wrong on this. I've been wrong a few times, a lot of times. Um, Can a team overseas buy out part of the contract though? That's what I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And and that's why I wanted to clarify. It's not a buyout like you would see in hockey, for instance. Hockey hockey buyouts for this would be pretty much getting him off the roster and spreading his money, a little bit more money actually over multiple years against the cap. Well, there's not a cap in the MLB, obviously, so it's a little different. And the contracts are guaranteed, which is a little bit different than, like I said, in football. But yes, you can actually sell um, th- this happened with the pitcher that was playing for the bats, Bo, I don't know how to say his last name. He just got sold more or less to a, to a Japanese team. Okay, good, good, good stuff there. Uh, Clay, thanks for your input on that. Something I'm definitely not an expert on. Uh, what's your guys' overall thoughts on Moustakis? Um, you know, you know, I think coming into tonight, he actually had had, had you know, pretty decent numbers over you know, very small sample of like his last 10 games. Reza faced a lot of lefties, so he's had a lot of nights on the bench. Um, I know he didn't look good tonight. Um, but, but what's your guys' overall thoughts? Carlos, we'll start with you. I mean, I know you just you just said I, I believe in him against right-hand pitching. What, what's your, your thoughts on Moustakas? Are you riding this out for another, you know, week, two weeks, rest of the season? Well, they're, I mean, they're at this point, they're going to ride it out. It's not like they're going to bring up Barrero to start playing third base or anything right now like it's we're we're beyond that I think like I thought maybe if not to switch you know players but like 
thought if Kyle Farmer struggled like really bad here these first two weeks of September that then they would give it to Barrero, but you know, he's been okay. Hasn't done, you know, hasn't, he's been great defensively. Same thing like Mustakas. I think Mustakas has been, has been surprisingly good at third base. He's made some really good plays um, over there tonight and made a, a really good one uh, early on. But I mean, he's, it sucks that he's a platoon player right now, but, and we're paying for that, that price to be a platoon player, but it is what it is. Let's roll. It's a hell of a, like 22 million between Moustakis and Suarez and neither one of them are really hitting their end of the platoon, man. You win some, you lose some. And, and one more, one quick point on Moustakis, you know, India changed everything about Moustakis. If India doesn't exist, we probably look at the Moustakis contract a lot different because the Reds wouldn't have, you know, a guy filling second base that's playing honestly at an all-star level. So he does kind of change the trajectory because when the Reds signed Moustakis, I'm not sure they really viewed India as a major league player. Am I wrong on that? I mean, yeah, no, you're right. To play third base, maybe more of a long shot to to to, to be a maybe not a, a successful major league player is probably what I should have said. I don't know, Clay. What's your thoughts on on the Moose? Yeah, so I, I tweeted this earlier tonight. Just about right now, third base for the Reds is kind of a mess. Um, Suarez is still has three more years after this at $11 million per season. And Moustaka's contract actually is structured to go $16 million next year and $18 million the year after that. Then you have a $4 million buyout if you don't want to pick up his $20 million option. So not only do the Reds have an issue with how they're playing, but they have a serious issue with money tied up at that position. Neither one of them are, you know, what I would consider young, um, and they're both going to be difficult to move. So if, you know, you see this a lot in other sports like hockey where you move a large contract with a top prospect that typically just doesn't fit in your organization. I don't see the Reds having the prospect depth to do that. You know, they're not the Seattle Mariners with this, uh, you know, elite system right now. So moving on from them will be a lot more difficult unless you just want to eat a ton of money. Um, which is not something that I think the Reds are going to do. It's not something that they typically have done in the past. And as we know now, I know the general manager has changed, but a lot of times when these organizations sign their own players or sign a big free agency, they're not going to give up on them very quickly. Um, It's just a tough pill to swallow. So I think that, you know, what we're seeing is what we're going to continue to see for the rest of the year with the playing time and in the production. I don't see either one of them. Now, Moose, I would guess he is a little – I have more faith in Moose than Suarez right now. Suarez just seems like more of an automatic out. Moose has hit the ball pretty hard, you know, the past few days. So maybe, but at the, at the very least, he's, you know, a vet on the team that everyone's raved about his clubhouse but presence and as a world series ring i mean there is value to that it's just not 16 million dollar value and, and winker being out just makes all these things so much more pronounced you know Mustakas isn't hitting oh so what you move him down to sixth or seventh winker's there just yeah it just man a night like tonight alex mills that's winker just would that's the kind of guys that he destroys you know and yeah i mean he a lot of the you know, not every problem is fixed with Jesse Winker, but 
damn it, a lot of them are, you know, and, and, and it just, it makes everything else, I think, feel a little better. Bryce, your thoughts on the Moose? Yeah, I mean, initially when, when that contract was signed in 2019-2020 offseason, I, I loved it. I mean, slugged 498, hit 101 home runs the three years prior. It's like, wow, that guy's going to rake and great American. So it's been frustrating that he hadn't been able to play. And then obviously the shortened pandemic season last year, I think he would have put up really respectable numbers and people probably would have viewed him a little bit different going into this year. But um yeah, they're not going to give up on him this year, and probably they're not, like place that nobody's going to take that contract going into next year or the year after. So, I think they're just going to have to make Suarez and Moose work. Um, I I don't want to move Suarez. I think Suarez is going to hit. I really think eventually he's going to figure it out. He's not a a one seventy hitter. He's a I, th- I think eventually he'll get back to it. Maybe two thirty, three thirty, four seventy slash something like that. And I think he's still got that in him. I really think his shoulders doing numbers on him offensively. It's just a guy you, you, you know, I think it, at least you want to give him an off season, see if he can figure things out. What's it going to hurt to hold on to him? You're not going to get anything for him. You know, at, at best you're going to salary dump him and, and maybe save a million. Like, I, I mean, like yeah. not going to get much. So why not give him an off season, see what he can do. Um, you're not just going to magically throw money and 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 replace him and Moose, you know, like like you you can't do that. Um, well, they're not going to be able to do that. Uh, maybe. And, and, and I'm looking at contracts right now. That fourteen to seventeen million dollar contract range is so many hit and misses. You're not top, you know, notch player to get the huge contract. And you're not enough of a role player. I mean, Andrew McCutcheon, Evan Longoria. Um, I mean, Dexter Fowler makes $500,000 more than Moose. Lorenzo Kane, like Elvis Andrews. Like, that. that's just a range where there's – and there's good players in that list I didn't mention. But that's just a range where you see a lot of busts in, you know, players that – with Moose's case, it was more of a – you know, he was at that age where he wanted to cash in and – I'm sure that he had other offers from probably better teams at the time, but who would turn down that contract that they gave him? It, it was just a risk at the time, and there's a reason why he was only getting one-year deals. And I, I was optimistic then, but, you know, with hindsight now, it's just looking like a move that's not going to pay off. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Um, we'll keep moving along here. I got Schrocktober. We already talked about Schrock, but I just had that in my notes, and I just wanted to say Schrocktober. So we'll just we'll skip over that. Former Cardinal and Cub, Max Schrock. He feels like a guy that, man, you get to the postseason, he'll just have like that. Uh, I tweeted it before. have that Mark Lewis 1995 moment. You, I don't know. Am I too old for you He's guys? Not, how about if he has a moment like Christian Cologne, former Red great christian cologne you get out of here you get out of here with that get out of here with that christian cologne DHing over aquino it was garbage it was yeah, garbage clay it was garbage that 2020 year last year was funky for a lot of reasons christian cologne matt davidson like all these kind of random guys um you know i, I was kind of hoping 2019 rj Al- alanese is that his name still in the red system he had the last hit by a pitcher. And when we had the DH last year, I was hoping he would have the last ever 
Reds pitcher hit. But here we are again in the year 2020, still rolling out pitchers with bats. It's stupid. And Wade Miley just hitting like like Shohei. All right, quick, quick score update. The Phillies did lose. So the Phillies lost tonight. The Braves lost tonight. Um, the Mets lost tonight. I think the, the Cardinals win. I wasn't even pay, I don't even pay attention to the Cardinals. I, I don't know, I'm not worried about them. Um, but yeah, so some so some good stuff. And I don't care about Padres. We're not going to talk about that. All right, let's move on. Uh, I don't, I, man, I, I felt a lot better writing this question, you know, after the Reds pitched their fourth shutout ending of the night tonight um, before uh, Mr. Brock came in. But Where's your guys' confidence level on the bullpen? Uh, let's go. Let's go reverse. Bryce, start with you. Where, how do you feel about the bullpen right now? I mean, as as good as you felt all year. I mean, you have what would you say five guys you can really count on right now? Um, I would even throw. I, I think Wilson can give you a solid inning here or there against maybe a couple lefties. Um, so I would say maybe five and a half, depending on the right situation for Wilson, but. Santion Sims, uh, Lorenzen, who am I missing? Uh, yeah, Sessa and Givens. Those five guys, I mean, not many teams can run out five guys that they're really confident in, um, especially Santion tonight. He looked great. Yeah, that's the best he's looked all year, in my opinion. He looked so confident out of the bullpen. I think he really, really got something there. Yeah, Santion, man, he looked just fantastic tonight. That's just a huge weapon. Yeah, and I mean, you know, five guys, I know it feels like five, I thought coming, I was like, man, five guys, that's so many guys. That's, you know, enough to get you through this run and then Brad Brock pitches in the 10th inning tonight. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Bryce, on that. You know, the Reds are going to have a lot of off days too down the stretch here. Um, so, you know, five guys should be able to go a long way. Um, our, our friend Marianne did point out that that in the post game. Uh, David Bell did say that Sims was unavailable tonight, but he's a guy that, man, those last five appearances, five or six. It's pretty worrisome. Is that, I saw saw that he had warmed up uh, the last four days and he pitched two of the last four. So that's why I said he was down. Oh, he warmed up the last four days. Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was not necessarily him feeling anything. It was just more that they had warmed him up. Right. Oh yeah. You went four days in a row. Sorry. You're done. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's, Hey, that's good news. That's good news. We'll take any good news we can get. Yeah. Cause I, I think Sims man, you know, uh, I know Carlos was, was really worried about, about, you know, Sims coming back um, uh, from the IL. Um, but yeah, he seems like he's figured it. And, and the nice thing I think about Sims has been his command. I think he's only walked one guy in like his last six outings, um, which that was the thing. It just, you know, he couldn't throw strikes consistently and, you know, when he throws strikes, you know, yeah, you'll still, I think, occasionally miss, but, but his, his, his stuff is nasty and he can definitely get a lot of strikeouts, a lot of swings and misses. Uh, Clay, your thoughts on the overall, on the, the state of the Cincinnati Reds bullpen. I do think it's been improved since the deadline with who they brought in. I don't think it's great, but as we all know, relief pitching is fickle. You have so many great re- relievers who are, Good one year, bad the next year. Good one year, bad the next year. So it it is hard to predict, and it's hard to find consistency. And when you do, they get paid huge dollars, which is not something that the Reds typically do. So when they did the waiver wire thing, when they did the whole bring in all these, you know, the Michael Fulmers, or I'm sorry, Carson Fulmers of the world, like 
Doesn't matter. A few of those have done okay and have provided some good innings for the Reds. But overall, I don't think it's as much. I personally am not as worried about the bullpen as I was before the deadline. I really like Gibbons and what he's brought. Sessa as well. Um, Wilson's just another lefty who I, I mean, him and Garrett, I'm, I don't necessarily trust either one, but I think that there is enough pieces, as you, as you mentioned, Nick, with the off days coming up, they won't have to pitch the Brad Rocks of the world, hopefully anymore, unless it's mop up duty against the Pirates, you know, get, save those innings. And I, I, I know Bell will be smart about that and he won't throw out his top guys if the Reds are, you know, in a large lead. So those, in a way, can be off days as well. Nine against the Pirates, that's when we want to see Brad Brock, Jeff Hoffman, you know, all, all of those type of people, Amir Garrett. I mean, hell, it wouldn't be ridiculous to think you could use some of those games if they go as we hope they do to try to get an Amir Garrett or somebody on track and get him two or three outings in a row that are good. I mean, I mean that that that's me trying to be optimistic. I I, Clay, know I love it. That. I love it, Clay. But I'm trying whoa. to find the positives here, guys. That Come is, on, let me have it. That is deep optimism. Ah, oh, man, I against the Pirates. Most I respect the hell out of it. Is getting the bullpen struggles back on track. I respect the hell out of it, Clay. Don't know if I could go there, but I respect <laughs> it. I respect it. Carlos, where are you at? We we're talking about the bullpen. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's the best it's been, like Bryce said. I mean, it's the best it's been all year. Um, you know, the guys that you can hand the ball over to from the seventh inning on, I'm okay with it. Um, and Santion, if he can be that coming in the fifth inning, finish the fifth and get the sixth, like, you know, two games out of out of the three in the series – that's amazing. Or he could just throw, you know, like the seventh inning if they need him of, you know, if like Sims or, you know, someone else is down, like he looked really, really good tonight. Like I'd say that he looked the best if Givens didn't look as good as he did either. Like Givens looked really well tonight. Um, but I am kind of annoyed that they have to hide these relievers because I mean, that guy who I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know his name that is has thrown 20, you know, score us innings in Triple A. That guy needs to be in the bullpen. Say his name. Say his name, Bryce. Ari Moretta. Yeah, Moretta. He needs to be there, and it's not the same situation with Barrero and Farmer. Before you guys start hitting us up on YouTube, because the bullpen has been terrible all year, and there's plenty of spots for this kid to go there, and nobody in that clubhouse is going to be mad with a fresh arm in the bullpen nobody um yeah yeah and it look let's the red screwed up on iglesias all right we can't go back they screwed up it, it is what it is okay but since the season started you can't just trade for relievers in may there no relievers got traded in may um other than you know to the to the rays um but we, we're not gonna talk about that but the guys the reds brought in have all been solid you know, Sess has only walked one batter as a red. And, you know, Clay's point, relievers are fickle. Craig Kimbrell has a 5.79 area with the White Sox. I'd take Craig Kimball right now, but that's what I'm saying. You know, I don't want the Reds to go blow out their farm system to bring in a couple relievers. You know, give me the Luis Sesses of the world um, who, who, who are, are fine. 
at, at their absolute worst average relievers. That's fine. You know, that that's the Yankees get rid of them. Were they that good? Uh, they, they needed roster spots to get, um, you know, yeah. Gallo and Yankees fans were pissed about that trade, not because Sessa was incredible, but because he had struggled for a few years. They kept him around. And then when he was starting to figure it out this year, they kind of more or less just, you know, dump him for nothing. How many guys have the Reds brought in that couldn't throw strikes? I mean, I, I, I maybe I'm going overboard, but like, dude's only walked one batter as a Red. Yeah. 16 innings like that's incredible you know the guy throws strikes give me give me that give me give me um so yeah i i feel like we're in a good spot hopefully the you know reds can leverage these off days and um you know kind of use this as a strength and then you get to the playoffs hey, whatever it can happen we will you know we'll talk about that more as we get get further along but i think the reds can use some starters and and roles for that but we're not going to talk about that tonight um we said we're not going to talk about a lot of stuff tonight yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I, I don't want to get killed. I don't want to mention any playoff strategy tonight because. Uh, you want to give it away? No, I will get crucified for 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 talking about playoffs. Playoffs. Um, we got two things I kind of wanted to get. You know, Clay and Bryce, your guys's you know expert opinions as guys who, you know, follow the the minor leagues a lot closer than than, than old farts like me and Carlos. Um, and then we'll kind of get into some questions. And then we got a lot of really, really good questions tonight. We want to try to get to all of them. So me and Carlos, we're going to shut up. We're, we promise we will give you guys your time and, um, you know, do this at your own risk of, of memes on the internet of you. Um, but, but me and Carlos, I feel like we've, we've beat the dead horse on, on the case for, for Kyle Farmer. Make the case for Jose Barrero. You guys pick whoever wants to go first. Go ahead, Clay. So, Barrera was a guy who we all saw struggle what, last year. He came in this year, and when I watched him at the alternate site this beginning of this year, he did not look good. His swing looked choppy. He was out in front of stuff. He was swinging and missing like crazy. And I kind of convinced myself that, oh, man, I don't know if this is the guy that people think he's going to be. Well, then he made me look like an idiot all year long in the minors. And he needed this season in the Myers. And I said on other podcasts that I did not want him to be brought up at all this season, honestly. In, in the best case scenario, my plan was go out at the deadline and get somebody in trade, you know, a number 15 overall prospect for someone to fill that gap. Because at the time, he only had like 300 at-bats above high A or low, low A. So, I mean, you've got to let him develop. Well, he just kept hitting and hitting and hitting. They brought him up. They did exactly what I did not want them to do. And they just kind of played him sporadically, sat him on the bench, didn't re- really give him the best opportunity to succeed. A player like him needs to play every day if you're going to bring him up. He needs every at-bat he can get during this developmental stage. So sending him down, if that means he gets at-bats every day, is fine with me. I just did not like the idea of bringing him up, expecting him to produce. And then, of course, you know, fans are already having a short fuse on him on Twitter. Now, those aren't exactly the smartest people in the world. If your Twitter name is Joe Burrow King 69420, then I'm probably not going to take you too seriously. But um, I, I do think Barrera has more of an offensive upside than Kyle Farmer. Farmer's playing really, really top-notch defense at shortstop right now. And I'm not the 
biggest Kyle Farmer truth or anything, but uh, right now, I mean, he's fine, right? If, if back in the day when Nick, Nick was a kid, you could play a shortstop out there that couldn't hit as long as he had a good glove, right? Um, I, I think Barrera has as good of a glove as Farmer. He doesn't have the experience, and I know Carlos has touched on this about what it would do to a locker room. Um, but I, I, I think Barrero, my whole thing is he needs everyday at-bats. If the Reds truly think that keeping him in the minors and getting him everyday at-bats will be better for him, then that's fine with me. I'm not, I'm not going to challenge that. But I just don't want to see him called up and sitting on the bench. I, I think that's terrible. Before we get to Bryce, I just have one kind of kind of question for you. Um, obviously, at some point, you know, Barrero, we assume, is going to get called up to replace Farmer for paternity leave, which is going to be, you know, two or three Any days. Any day now, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of a weird caveat situation thrown in there. Um, so let's say that happens. You know, let's Here say – let, let's, I can't believe you You said we're going to shut up and here you are talking over no, 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 about, no, 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 this is total BS just because you're the lead guy now. I, no, I let have, Bryce talk. I have a question. I'm not questioning anything that he's saying. Well, I'm asking well, about, unacceptable. So let, let's say he comes up, let's say he does average, whatever, in, in those two or three games. And then let's say the Reds, they're going to bring Farmer back and they're giving him the, the, the starting role. Do you think, would you send him back down? Yeah, um, absolutely. And I know normally it would be a different situation because the AAA season wouldn't be going on at this point. Um, right. At that point, but that it's extended. Would you? Would you, you? would still send him back down. You wouldn't want him up helping the team because I mean, clearly he is one of the best twenty-eight players. You don't. You think that? I'm just curious if you think that. You know, if you are going to play Kyle Farmer, you would rather not have Barrio on the roster at all, helping well, the team be the well, back to me. It doesn't even need to be much of a question because we've already seen it. When he was up here, he wasn't playing much. They didn't move Farmer to third or, you know, use him in some utility role. It would go back to exactly what it was before, which is Farmer at short, Barrero getting pinch hit here or there. And pitch hitting is so much harder than people think it is. This is not MLB the show. It's the hardest thing in sports. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I just want him to see to get everyday at bats. And when Kyle Farmer comes back, if he is going to be the starter like we've seen for the pretty much the bulk the bulk of the season, then yes, send Barrera down. Okay. So Suarez starts a shortstop on, on the farmer off day. Suarez at shortstop, Mustak is at second. Oh uh, uh, Mike Freeman at third. I'm just going to bookmark this. I'm not going to ask questions and questions. Bryce, go ahead and talk. All right. Before I get started, if anybody else comes at me and tries to throw Jose Barrero's 2020 season in my face, I'm going to mute you and you're going to, we're going to move on. So that's silly. That's silly. Even, even I, even I believe that's silly. So, so those 68 plate appearances that he had in 2020, where he didn't play one season above a ball is just throw it out. And that because that's I played division three baseball and that's like throwing me in the middle of the SEC and expecting me to hit. That's not happening. <laughs> uh, OK, so Jose Barrero is a top 20 prospect in all of Major League Baseball, and that's unbelievable. The Reds haven't had somebody of this caliber in the middle of the field besides Sinzel, if you even consider that he came up with third baseman. So 
my biggest gripe with Barrero Farmer is Barrero never truly got the chance when Farmer was – Farmer had the big July, and that was right when Barrero probably would have been called up. And if, if Barrero gets called up maybe a, a week before Farmer gets hot, it's probably a totally different story, and Barrero probably plays and moves on, and nobody talks about Farmer. But he had the big July. Everybody feels like he's earned that. And I'm not taking anything away from what Farmer's done. He solidified the shortstop position like Nick has talked about over and over. And I respect him for that. But let me see. The last 132 plate appearances for Farmer, he has a 61 weighted runs created plus, um, a 258 OBP and a 360 slug. Um, and that's guys that's hitting fifth and sixth in the order on a day-to-day -day basis. So I, I want Farmer to start hitting and – I know it's 20 games and I know that he's a great clubhouse guy, but if Barrero comes in these two or three games and he's really, really playing well in it, whether that's in St. Louis or in Pittsburgh one, I feel like something needs to be done about, you got to find a way to get that bat in the lineup. You got to find a way if he sparks the lineup and that's something that gets the guys going, then that's really something that we need to, to address. I just think that they really handled the situation poorly as Clay was talking about, like, Pinch hitting is so hard, especially when you're trying to adjust to big league pitching. I've never had to hit big league pitching. I pinch hit in division three for three years, and that's really hard. It's difficult to sit in the cold or sit in, sit on the bench. And yeah, you can go take swings in the cage. You can go loosen up. You can go run around in the clubhouse, whatever it may be, but nothing simulates seeing a 92 mile hour fastball that the first pitch that you've seen in 10 days or five days, whatever it may be. So he was put in a really tough situation. I think he's been judged very poorly by some Reds fans. And that's all I need to say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I, we really appreciate you guys' perspective because me and Carlos have the same perspective. So, you know, what, what's the point of having the same perspective on, on the show? We embrace debate here at Late Night Reds Talk Live. Um, but no, no, I, I'm – I super excited for, for Jose's, you know, future with the Reds. Um, um, and, and yeah, so no, definitely appreciate your guys' perspective. All right, let's move on to some, some, some whoa, questions. Whoa, 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 We said we were going to just let them. We've, we beat our point to the They ground. did. They talked. We beat our point to the ground. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. They talked. Throw it out First of all. I'm not, I'm not talking tonight. I think if Barrero gets the opportunity to play, say for two or three games and he does really well, they're going to give it back to Kyle Farmer for like two days. If he doesn't do shit, they're going back to Barrero because it's crunch time. But that's only if he does really, really well. And, and the odds of that of happening probably are not that great because he hasn't played. <clears throat> and then back to Barrero being called up and then not getting the opportunity. I was totally fine with it. I defended it. Bell's decision, I think he handled it perfectly. I would have handled it the same way. And I think probably 95% of major league baseball players would have handled it and managers the exact same way. Um, but I, I think he, I think he got plenty of ABs in AAA. We know he, what we, he, he can do like two thirds of the season is enough. If, if he can hit and he hit for that well for that long. Okay. He's a, he's a big leaguer. So with the whole situation that's going on with Farmer, you know, being so like, you know, average, below average, super great month. And like, you really couldn't take him out of that lineup that, that would have pissed a lot of people off. 
I'm perfectly fine with bringing up Barrero and having him pinch it because he gives me the best option of a right-handed hitter whenever I'm trying to make the playoffs. 100%. He's going to get enough bats, more than likely going to go to the Arizona Fall League, more than likely going to play winter ball. He's going to get his ABs. So not worried about his ABs. I don't think anybody's worried about him, you know, progressing to the major league level next year. It's just, it was a tough situation. Like, you know, Bryce said, if Kyle Farmer didn't have that, that month that he had, then we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. But I'm not going to say, unfortunately he did, but it is, you know, it happened the way it happened. And, oh. and I think that the Reds have handled it great. Fortunately, he did, because if he didn't have that month, we may not even be a game back, you know, yeah. no, regardless of what it, what it's done now. Um, yeah, that's the thing I don't I don't know and I don't understand. I have no idea what sitting on a bench would do for a prospect. I, 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 I don't like watch if, baseball. I have no idea what that does. So I'm going to defer to Carlos on that. Yeah, one. if he did that for three quarters of the season, then, yeah, that would suck. That put him back. If he did it for half of the season, that would suck. But for the last quarter of the season or you know third of the season whatever it's been i don't i don't think he's got anything to prove at triple a anymore ever again so i don't even think it was really in my opinion it's not hurting his development being there i think it's more just putting him in a bad situation to where you, you you're not really setting him up to fail but it's like i said it's really difficult to hit major league pitching and then to do it on an inconsistent basis. I feel like he was yeah. put in a pretty good situation. And, you know, when you say that, I think that they have a, a great clubhouse to where like Joey and Nick are like, and Moose are like, hey, we, you know, we were all rookies and we had to do yeah. our pension jobs, like just be ready every day. Like, I don't know the guy, you guys probably have heard him speak or, you know, give interviews more than I have, but he seems like a great guy and that he would be like upbeat about being in the big leagues and mm -hmm. getting the opportunity. So I don't, just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, you know, like I said, I, I have no idea if it's not going to hurt his development. I want him on the roster because he's certainly better than, you know, other options and, and, and yeah. farmer does need days off. Um, and you do not want anyone else on this current roster playing shortstop. Um, does, doesn't matter. You, you, they're going to be a disaster defensively. And, and, you know, in these tight games, man, that could really, really, kill you so all right good good uh good conversation on that before we get into the questions um this has really gone on i feel like this is good good conversation I, I never know when i put out these outlines like we're we gonna blow through this or not but i feel like pretty good conversation hopefully those of you watching are enjoying it as well but but clay and bryce and i kind of got a question um a similar question from the great um what's his name clay the great bambino no the one who asked us the question about um player under the radar great haver oh gosh um you put me on the great spot haver haver great haver um so anyways clay and bryce we'll let bryce start on this one since Clay started on the last one who's a player kind of under the radar um that you guys see that could help the reds in the near future maybe like someone in 2022 that maybe you know we're not seeing you know we're not hearing a lot about that that could be really help the reds out soon I think, in in my opinion, for 2022, the kind of 2A, 3A type uh, prospect in regards to to Green and Lodolo is Graham Ashcraft. He's somebody in Chattanooga that had the really long scoreless streak between high A and double A, and and he kind of got hit around a little bit in double A, which was to be expected. But um, Brandon tweeted a stat earlier. Let me get it pulled up one second. Um, he's one of 
10 pitchers in minor league baseball, um, age 23 or younger with 50 plus innings that has a, a fifth under three. I mean, it's guys like Lodolo, Kate Cavalli from Washington, Shane Boz from Tampa, Grayson Rodriguez from Baltimore. So big time prospects and Ashcraft's on that list. So I think he, he'll probably start the 2022 minor league season in AAA. And I mean, if he's having eight to 10 really good starts, he's pushing the envelope to be there um, along with Lodolo and Green, obviously. So you're really going to have three guys that are probably on innings restrictions limits between those three. And I think that he could, he could provide a solid arm, maybe middle of the season, dog days of, of August. And he could really be somebody to make an impact. And also Clay tweeted somebody tonight, uh, Riviere San Martin. He was kind of a throw in in the sunny gray deal. Um, he's a left-handed guy that pitched out of the pen, pitched that started some this year. Um, he pitched really well tonight, six innings of scoreless baseball, I believe. And he's like 95 to 97 from the left side with a, a pretty good breaker. So um, he's somebody that could possibly make make the switch to the bullpen early early next year in, uh, in the uh, spring training and could provide that, that left-handed spark that you're looking for if Garrett can't figure it out. Do you think Ashcraft could, if the Reds had a need or whatever, do you think he could, could his stuff would translate to a, a decent you know reliever, maybe for short-term, maybe for long-term? Possibly, he, he he's more of a three pitch guy. Um, his his sliders is a I think it's a sixty grade on Fangraphs according to most scouts. But it is his fastball is ninety five ninety seven as well, and he he features a curveball and a slider, which is kind of odd for a starter. So um, he'll probably eliminate one of those. I would say moving up a level, but and then kind of a lot more on a change. Up. Have to protect him. Yeah, uh, I think twenty. He's only twenty three, so mm. I'm not exactly sure on that he was he's a college guy just moved really quickly through the system i think i really like him a lot clay who you got who's your who's your guy that's a great pick in in those other prospects that bryce mentioned you all may not know uh those are truly elite first round talents i mean grayson rodriguez for the orioles is the number one pitching prospect in all of baseball kate cavalli's incredible one, one of the fastest movers through all of the prospect rankings. So, like, that is really good company to be with. Um, San Martin's a guy who I, who Bryce touched on that I think is important. And I wanted to focus on um, a couple of guys here who are really more or less a situation. Um, left-handed pitchers out of the bullpen has been a struggle. Sean Doolittle, Josh Osage, Justin Wilson, Amir Garrett, I mean, the list goes on of kind of people that have struggled. And because we're talking about 2022 only, two names, San Martin, I think could, he's right now a starter. Um, he has an interesting slot angle on his uh, on his delivery. I think that could translate well to the bullpen with his stuff as well. And if he's somebody who can bring in a, you know, a lefty into the bullpen, that's really promising considering how the Reds have struggled there. Another guy, and you all may hate me for this, but CNL Perez, I'm serious. He has pitched so well in AAA, and he truly has nasty stuff. His issue is walks, and he's only 24 years old. Everyone forgets this. He also was a top five or six prospect in the Astros system. This guy has the stuff to do it, and he's really dominating down in AAA right now. And Now he may pan out to be one of those 4A-type pitchers, but I, I truly think if he can locate his stuff, 
I would not be surprised. We talked about how, how fickle relief pitching can be. I know everyone's probably thinking, shut the hell up. What are you talking about? He sucks. We've all seen him. But I'm, I'm just telling you, watch him pitch. He has some really nasty movement. And if he can just refine it just a little bit, he could be extremely effective um, in terms of 2022. One other name I'll throw out there who's having a – he's not, you know, jumping off the box scores or anything, but – TJ Friedel is the guy who I would automatically replace Shogo with. He has to be prote- protected for the rule five. He can play all outfield positions plus athlete in all of those positions. He would have gone much. He was an undrafted free agent. And the reason why is because nobody knew he was draft eligible. He would have gone in the top four rounds, but no one understood. He had a weird red shirt shirt rule. And that's why he wasn't drafted. It wasn't until after the draft. And he got paid, I think, the highest signing bonus of an undrafted free agent. And he's shown some pop this year with Louisville. I think he's one of the – he's maybe second in home runs down there. He can get on base. And like I said, he's a lefty bench bat who could automatically today replace Shogo. And he has to be put on the 40-man roster. So that's somebody who could at least provide a, a little bit of depth off the bench. Yeah, have to do some research on on that. Like, just to I'm interested. How did everybody miss that? It, it's a crazy lie. story. If you have any links that you can forward to me, yes, to I me. will. I think this is like That's the most wired. shared story in baseball when it happened. <laughs> it must have been why why I didn't get dressed. <laughs> uh, uh, what one point on Perez? Clay, I, I don't think you're crazy on him. You know, thank you. Twenty four years old. He's young. I did not want to see him again this year. Let me be very, very clear. I did not want to see him anytime this year. Just let's call it a year, pack it up, have a good offseason, come back. But StatCast loves the guy. I mean, for a guy with a near seven ERA, you know, StatCast said he's, he's expected was below five. Yeah. Um, watch him pitch and just watch the movement that he has. If he can just get 10% better at locating it, which I know sounds like a lot, but I mean – you know, the, the Reds have been able to do some stuff with some pitchers. They have no shortage of, you know, really good pitching coaches. Perez is not someone who should be, you know, just written off. No, yeah. me, uh, me and a certain buddy that I have talked about him in spring training. And it's, we were like, I saw him pitch three times. Like this is hands down the best stuff that any left-hander has in the organization. Like from, you know, from the big league to possibly making a big league roster. I was like, he's way way above what Amir Garrett was as a lefty because, you know, his ball moves all over the place and he has more than two pitches. So I don't know. I, I'm very excited about him too. Kind of, kind of be scary to step in the box against, to be honest. Like I would not want to, I mean, I wouldn't want to step in the box against anyone, but I'd probably crap my pants, you know, against Jeff Hoffman, but. I feel like we'd be um, a fair matchup now, Nick. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, press, he's not a guy, especially lefty lefty you'd be feeling comfortable against. So whatever that's worth. All right, let's knock out some of these questions, fellas. Um, Ethan Fulkerson, I think asked a really good question. Um, he said, I know this is a loaded question, but I'm just curious. Uh, what does everyone think the Reds should prioritize going into the off season and next year? And I know we've kind of talked about, you know, some of the, uh, the, the contracts and whatnot, but, but just in terms of what should be the, like the number one priority, um, Carlos, let's start with you. Um, I'm choosing between adding bullpen arms or Nick. 
and I'm probably going to go Nick. Signing Nick. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's got to be a right-handed bat, you know, especially yeah. if it's either Castellanos or replacing Castellanos or Castellanos and replacing someone else. I don't even, I mean, I don't, if there's somebody slightly better than Castellanos, I don't want him. I want Castellanos. Like he's been so great for the city and fans love him. Like I love watching him play. Like, yeah, if they can do it, it sucks. Scott Boris is his agent, but um, if they can pull it off, I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. And we got another question about, Cassiano, so let's not get too far into him, but but Clay, who do you think? Yeah, I'll, where, where do you I think would, uh, be, because Carlos said, um, Nick, I'll move on and say, um, finding a center fielder. Um, I think that is a huge hole, and it's been kind of masked in the past with Nick Senzo. I've, I've never been high on Nick Senzo. I'm just not a big Nick Senzo guy, and he can't even get on the field. So um, I actually think it's a great offseason to trade him. Um, even if it is for less than what his value might be, if you can get another player like him back in a trade, a prospect that just needs a change of scenery. Um, I think finding a center fielder would do wonders for this, especially if they're a good fielder. Um, if the DH comes or not, who knows if Joey will take that DH spot. I wouldn't do that. I would put, you know, Winker in a DH, but having a plus center fielder for this team that can get on base and provide some pop, ensure up the middle of the lineup so that we don't have to have the Kyle Farmers batting fifth or anything like that. In terms of free agent market, I don't have a bunch of names on the top of my head. I mean, By- Byron Buxton's an interesting one, but he's also someone who can't get on the field, but he's not going to resign in, in Minnesota from what it sounds like. And you're talking about a top five center fielder when healthy. The issue is, do you want to deal with that type of, you know, injury proneness. And the, the reality is you're going to get him cheaper than most players because of his injury history. He might be a deal in, in that $16 million range. Um, but that, that's more of an off-season topic. So addressing the center field si- situation is the number one for me. Yeah, I like, I like that a lot, Clay. Um, you know, obviously, if, you know, you, you – you get, you know, Cassianos re-signed. You could look for a center fielder. You know, maybe someone like like Buxton in a trade would really feel better because you feel like maybe you could risk a little bit more if you, you know, have Cassianos locked up. Um, certainly, Marte's guy's a little older, a little older. I than love I, him. A little older than I would like, but he's still a really good defensive center fielder. Um, he's aging so well. He is stealing base after base since he went to Oakland. They just let him run. He may be 33 years old, but I don't care. I mean, a three-year deal for him, I would do it in a heartbeat. I love Marte. I love Marte. You don't have to, to sell me on that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, say Cassianos did, you know, it just doesn't happen. You know, you could look at spending that money on Marte, um, maybe a, a Naquin Aquino platoon in right field. Um, Naquin, I think, is a much more valuable player in right field than, than in center field. Um, and then, you know, you still have, you know, guys like, like the Senzels of the world, um, who are just, who are, I don't, I don't necessarily think you have to trade Senzel. I I like just having him like, be like, you know, Hey, we're not going to count on him, but Hey man, he can, you know, let him be Jonathan India in 2022 and force the issue and make, make the Reds have to figure it out. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't it? 
So yeah, I love the idea of center field and, um, but yeah, I mean, the Reds need a right handed bat and George Springer last year, that would have been, I mean, I know he has had, had issues staying healthy, but man, he would three be- times on the injury list already. He's missed like 70 games, but he is so good when he's in the yeah, lineup. That, that, that bat would, would translate well. Bryce, what do you, uh, what do you think? Yeah, to kind of go along with both of their points there. Um, obviously, I think signing Nick is first and foremost. I know we've spoke on his deal, and we'll get to that later. But my next thing is maybe out of question, out of context. But to tell Marte, the Diamondbacks are going to be horrible again. And if whatever you can offer to them, the guy is unreal. He's a great center fielder, hits are above average hits for power. Guess what his way to runs created plus this year is against left-handed pitching? 7,000. 220. Oh, that's a... He's a a switch hitter. He can play around the field. He's fast. He's durable. He would be unbelievable in Cincinnati. The the best thing about him, too, is he's only 8 million next year and then club options for 2023 for 10 million club option 2024 12 million age 30 season under 2025 i would give up greener lodello for him that was exactly what i was i was like you'd have to give up one of them i, I know i know me and clay love or maybe just me and clay tolerates me but i love to play with the trade generator and i can't even like come up with anything for him he's like one of the highest like, like values. It's that, like, it's that contract. And he's versatile. You can play him at other positions. He can play second base. Shortstop. He can play shortstop. It's unbelievable what he can do. Yeah, he's he's getting wasted right now in Arizona. I'd give up Hunter Green for him tomorrow. That's crazy to say. I would too. Not that crazy. I hope Hunter's not listening. We love you, Hunter. Hey, what, one, you. Li- one little thing I want to drop in there. Right below center field for me is shredding a bad contract. If they can somehow get out of a bad contract and trade off, I know it won't happen, but without trading some huge name prospect, trading off trade a Joey. bad contract would be huge. I don't think Joey was what he was talking about. No, no, I'm not I'm talking kidding, about Joey. I don't even think I'm Joey's a bad Moose, contract. I'm trolling our Twitter folk. No, I, I, I'm a Votto guy. I like Votto. Auto stand here. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe they could throw in a prospect and trade one of the contracts, kind of eat it, and then, you know, be able to, you know, reallocate the money. That would be nice. All right. Do you guys um, have anything else that you want to touch on? I think I got to all the questions. I'm sorry, YouTube. There was just a lot of just, you know, um, good cheering of frustration. So I'm sorry if I missed some questions in there. That's a good uh, way to put it, I bet. But uh, You're but but no, thank you. The frustrations going on here, guys. Thanks, thanks so much, everyone, for for watching. Any other things you guys want to want to address before we wrap this up? The only other thing I would say would be, as I'm thinking of off season, is a sneaky need is is starting pitching. I mean, if Miley leaves, if they don't pick up his club option, Sonny Gray's been injured. He's on the last year of his deal. I mean, you re- realistically could be relying on a lot of rookies and a Gutierrez, and there's not much depth after that. Um, I could see them bringing in some type of a vet, at least to battle for a role in the in the rotation. If they don't pick up Miley right away, 
I'm not even paying attention the rest of the fucking offseason. Morton just they're not going to spend money. Morton just signed for twenty million dollars for one year next year. There's no way the Reds would get torn to shreds. Even yeah, but it's the Reds. We can't act like we'd be shocked picking up Miley's option. It's they're going to pick it up. Uh, Like throwing Brad Bach out there tonight in the fucking next training game. Bradley Broccoli is pitching in September in meaningful games. Lord have mercy. Bryce, you got anything else? <laughs> the Reds. <laughs> Clay and Bryce, uh, check Clay out on um, justbaseball.com. Does some great stuff there. Bryce, a great follow um, out on Twitter. Um, I know our uh, uh, our account tweeted both their guys out, so look that up our account. You'll find both those guys. Uh, guys, really enjoyed having you on. Um, really, I, I think helped helped me at least digest that that brutal loss tonight. Uh, I thought this was a, a good conversation. We'll definitely have you guys back on. Um, lastly, I got to get my last word in. Believe in this team. It's not over. It's not over. There's 21 games left. One game out of a playoff spot. Be mad all you want, but man, don't regret in three years when the Reds are rebuilding that you're like, yeah, you know what? I I, I poo pooed and they had a nice run to the finish. So. Team, they, they got some gas left they're gonna make a run it's gonna happen believe it um as always please subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube um wherever um give us a five-star review we love it we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week we're gonna look to have some uh some big guests up here to wrap up the season so thanks as always for watching and go race thank you Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.